0: Welcome to NTD News Today, I'm Kevin Hogan. Let's take a look at our top stories. America honors the lives lost during the September 11th attacks 21 years ago. Family and friends gathered at the 9-11 memorial in New York while President Biden spoke at the Pentagon. A prominent attorney says three of her clients, all Trump allies, have been served with search warrants or subpoenas. This suggests the FBI may soon search the homes of some Trump supporters. Major credit card companies have agreed to adopt a new categorization for purchases made at gun stores. The bank pushing for it says it'll help prevent shootings, while critics fear it stems from a bias against law-abiding gun owners. Chicago's mayor said she welcomes illegal immigrants bused from Texas, but then she sent them to a different city. We bring you more on what that mayor has to say about it. Over the weekend, citizens across the US solemnly remembered 9/11. It has now been 21 years since the terrorist attacks on American soil claimed close to 3,000 lives. Here's a look at yesterday's
1: events. A moment of silence in New York City on a somber Sunday 21 years after the September 11th terrorist attacks. When Al Qaeda hijackers flew airliners into the Twin Towers, the Pentagon, and the eventual crash into a field near Shanksville, Pennsylvania, killing nearly 3,000 people. It should not take another tragedy to unite our nation. At the September 11th memorial in New York City, family and friends read the names of their loved ones Howard Lee
2: Kane, Jennifer Lynn Kane,
1: firefighter Vincent D. Kane. Engine 22. While at the Pentagon, President Joe Biden attended a wreath laying ceremony where he paid tribute to those killed there. This is a day not only to remember, but a day of renewal and resolve for each and every American. Biden also referenced the drone strike which killed Ayman Azouhari earlier this year, saying the Al-Qaeda terrorist leader would never threaten the American people again. The president also shared what he sees as the greatest lesson learned from 9-11. We regain the light by reaching out to one another and finding something all too rare, a true sense of national unity. To me, that's the greatest lesson of September 11. On the anniversary of a day we will never forget.
0: A tragedy on the way to Manhattan's 9-11 ceremony. Former Major League Baseball pitcher Anthony Varvero is dead at age 37. Officials and Major League Baseball confirmed in online posts he died Sunday in a wrong-way crash. Varvero pitched for the Braves, Mariners, and Red Sox. After retiring from baseball, he became a police officer in the New York City area. He leaves behind a wife and four children. In other news, FBI agents may soon search the homes of more Trump supporters. That's according to a former top Republican leader and prominent attorney. And today's Jessica Beatty has more on why she said this.
3: Harmeet Dillon is an attorney and former vice chairwoman of the California Republican Party. On Friday, she tweeted that the DOJ has targeted some of her clients for their peaceful First Amendment protected speech about the 2020 election. She told Tucker Carlson on Fox News that three of her clients were served with extremely broad search warrants and subpoenas. They asked for all communications regarding dozens of people from a month before the 2020 election until two months after the election. She said categories include alternate electors, fundraising around election irregularities, and the Save America rally that happened before the January 6th Capitol breach. Dylan says most if not all of this activity is protected by the first amendment. Perhaps the bigger news is she tweeted that someone told a political reporter that about 50 search warrants and grand jury subpoenas were being issued to Trump allies before it happened. Dylan said the only explanation is that the DOJ leaked it to the media. There's no other explanation for this, and I think the reason for this is to instill fear into
0: Donald Trump supporters and into those who would challenge election irregularities
3: right before an upcoming election, Tucker. So this is really outrageous. Dylan said it's illegal for the DOJ to leak this information to the media. Meanwhile, Democrat Senator Mark Warner, who's on the Intelligence Committee, told CNN Sunday they still haven't been briefed about what was taken from Trump's home.
1: If these documents contain human intelligence, People's lives could be lost if that's exposed. If it signals intelligence, things that we've invested years of working on could be destroyed.
3: Warner said the briefing is on hold since a judge allowed a special master to review what was taken. Fellow committee member Republican Marco Rubio has also requested more information on what the FBI seized from Trump's home. NTD reached out to the Department of Justice for comment. Jessica Beatty, NTD News.
0: In the latest from Trump's legal team, his lawyers are urging a federal judge to reject an appeal by the DOJ. The appeal would allow them to keep reviewing the documents taken from Mar-a-Lago by the FBI. They are currently prohibited from using the documents in their investigation until a special master goes through the materials. In a statement today, Trump's legal team maintained that the former president has had the right to access and possess his presidential records. They called the situation, quote, a document storage dispute that has spiraled out of control. And in Arizona, a federal judge says the state cannot enforce a new election law in the upcoming midterms. Two state officials and an advocacy group sued to halt the legislation. The law would have required the voter registration of an Arizona resident that moves to another state to be canceled. Arizona's Attorney General and Secretary of State joined an advocacy group serving Native Hawaiians, Asian Americans, and others in the lawsuit. They came to an agreement with the judge to prevent the new law from coming into effect in 2022. The group says the law suppresses minorities by allegedly chilling voters from registering. The other side is from Republican State Representative Jake Hoffman, who sponsored the voting law. He says claims racism are laughable. Hoffman says ensuring clean voter rolls and prohibiting non-citizens and non-residents from voting benefits everyone, regardless of race, gender, or income. And speaking of non-citizens, Texas Governor Greg Abbott sent three waves of more than 150 illegal immigrants to Chicago over the last two weeks. Mayor Lori Lightfoot said Chicago welcomes the migrants, but then she turned around and sent them to another city. Here's the story.
4: Gary Grasso is the mayor of Burr Ridge, a small town 20 miles west of Chicago. He says Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot and Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker blindsided him by sending 64 illegal immigrants to a hotel in his town without informing him or his village board.
1: We were not told uh, that the migrants were coming to Burr Ridge. This is just a failure for government not to communicate with government. The very thing that the mayor and the governor have blamed Governor Abbott for, they did it to Burr Ridge.
4: Governor Pritzker and Mayor Lightfoot criticized Texas Governor Greg Abbott for busing illegal border crossers from Texas to Chicago without prior notification.
1: It shouldn't be that the governor of Texas is essentially uh, taking these people, treating them like chattel, treating them like uh, property you know, putting them
4: on buses, sending them wherever he wants to send them.
3: The Abbott administration
0: has not collaborated with anybody.
4: Mayor Grasso says neither Governor Pritzker nor Mayor Lightfoot has contacted him with information since he found out about the illegal immigrants last Wednesday. He says the community deserves the right to know. The
1: questions from the residents are all understandable and they run the gamut from safety to health to how can we help. It's a situation that was created by the state of Illinois and the city of Chicago. This is not about uh, anything negative about the migrants.
4: Mayor Grasso says he is open to immigration and migration, but not through sanctuary cities.
1: I believe sanctuary cities are wrong in not dealing uh, federally with immigration issues.
4: Grasso says he and his village are working within the system to help the migrants as best as possible. NTD contacted the Chicago mayor's office for comments, but has not received a response by broadcast time. Reporting by Angela Moy, NTD News, Chicago.
0: A group of House Democrats requested an additional $50 million in emergency food and shelter money. That's for Washington, D.C., New York City, and Chicago to provide services for the illegal immigrants bused there. The request was made, even though $85 million in this emergency fund already exists. And more on Chicago. Residents braced for flash floods yesterday after the warning from the National Weather Service. The heavy rains flooded the roads, stranded cars, and sent water surging into basements. Chicagoans shared photos and videos on social media of cars partially submerged beneath underpasses and plumes of water shooting up from sidewalks.
2: This is the the fifth incident
1: in my three years in the apartment. Uh, This is the worst one so far. Uh, but we've uh, had to tear up the carpeting two times now. This is gonna be the third time that they're gonna replace the carpet. Because this is the fifth time in four years we've had a flood in our basement. So I got the drill down, I get out the pumps, I get out the mops, clean it up. But uh, you know, I've been to the city about two or three times to say you need to fix this storm sewer here. And I have, so far I haven't gotten any positive reaction from the city about this.
0: The heaviest rain ended by around 11 a.m., but the roads remained flooded for hours. The city urged residents to avoid driving through standing water on streets, bridges, and low-lying areas. Such rains can dump two inches per hour on a neighborhood. That overwhelms the sewers. When the main pipes are filled, the, water, the force pushes water into private drains and basements. To prevent this, Chicago is installing water blockers in the storm drains, but that could worsen floods on the streets because the water has nowhere to go. We turn to another natural disaster out west. Despite the arrival of cooler temperatures and much-needed rain to southern California, firefighters continued to battle the Mosquito Fire further north. The Mosquito Fire east of state capital Sacramento continued expanding. The blaze has burned through more than 46,000 acres. As of yesterday, it was 10 percent contained. At the Fairview Fire southeast of Los Angeles, steady rain helped firefighters make significant progress. However, officials warned that high winds from the remnants of Tropical Storm K could fan the flames of the fire. It's consumed over 28,000 acres in Riverside County east of Los Angeles and is 49 percent contained. Heavy rain from the storm, meanwhile, raised the possibility of flash flooding and mudslides. Highs in Southern California were mostly expected to stay under 90 degrees after days of oppressive heat across much of the state. The National Weather Service said temperatures hit a daily heat record of 101 degrees at Los Angeles International Airport on Friday. Moving on to the Second Amendment, banks and credit card companies categorizing gun purchases. It might soon be done widely. That's after the creation of a new category code that allows credit card companies to specify those purchases. Here's
2: more. The International Organization for Standardization, or ISO, approved the creation of a new merchant category code for gun retailers. The code will identify credit card sales of guns and ammunition. The ISO is an independent, non-governmental body based in Geneva, Switzerland. It creates standards across various industries, including the financial services industry. New York-based Amalgamated Bank made the request for the new code to the ISO. The bank first applied to create the Gun Merchant Code in 2021. The application had been denied twice by the ISO. Amalgamated Bank calls itself America's socially responsible bank and was founded by union workers nearly 100 years ago. Its president said in a statement that the code will help stop shootings from happening. The new code will allow us to fully comply with our duty to report suspicious activity and illegal gun sales to authorities without blocking or impeding legal gun sales. New York lawmakers such as Governor Kathy Hochul, New York City Mayor Eric Adams, Attorney General Letitia James, and more have said that they support the new code. Groups called Guns Down America, New Yorkers Against Gun Violence, and others issued a joint statement saying some of the nation's worst mass shootings, including Aurora, Colorado, San Bernardino, Orlando, and Las Vegas, involved electronic payments. Others are criticizing it. The National Shooting Sports Foundation said those who believe it will help law enforcement do not provide details on what should be considered suspicious purchases. The NRA said implying that firearm purchases are suspicious demonstrates an obvious bias these attorneys general hold against anyone who chooses to exercise a fundamental constitutional right. Major credit card companies such as Visa, MasterCard, American Express and others have already committed to adopting the new code.
0: Police are investigating the deaths of three children found on a Brooklyn beach early Monday morning. A woman believed to be their mother is now being questioned. They were discovered unresponsive on the Coney Island shoreline. Police received a 911 call from someone who was concerned a family member might harm her children. The children, a seven-year-old boy, a four-year-old girl, and a three-and-a-half-month-old girl, were found and taken to a local hospital where they were pronounced dead. The 30-year-old woman, believed to be their mother, was found two miles away and soaking wet.
5: We
1: know that the children are found here. Um, Officers retrieve them from the shoreline, uh, attempt to revive them, which ultimately fails, and we know that she's found two miles away. Um, What we need to put together is what happened before and then in the in-between.
0: Police say the woman is not in custody and the investigation remains very active. They say there is no indication of prior abuse or neglect. And coming up, a 7.6 magnitude earthquake rocks Papua New Guinea. At least seven people are dead, and the country is assessing the damage. And Sweden is looking at a shift in national leadership, but the current prime minister and her main rival say the election is still too close to call. Stay tuned for more right here on NTD News. Welcome back. An earthquake of magnitude 7.6 strikes Papua New Guinea, killing at least seven people, injuring others, and damaging property and essential infrastructure. Eyewitness photos obtained by Reuters show medical personnel airlifting injured people, including young children, to receive treatment. The quake hit at about 9.45 a.m. local time on Sunday. Even over 300 miles away in the country's capital, people could feel shaking for over a minute. About an hour later, there was another quake. The smaller, magnitude 5 quake, occurred about 45 miles from the first epicenter. The full extent of the damage isn't clear. Earthquakes are common in Papua New Guinea. The country sits on the Pacific Ocean's Ring of Fire, a hotspot for seismic activity where tectonic plates rub together. And over to Ukraine. The country is accusing Russia of attacking civilian infrastructure, such as power grids and water facilities, causing blackouts. They speculate it's in retaliation to the Ukrainian push to retake territory.
5: Firefighters battled a blaze at a thermal power plant in Ukraine's Kharkiv on Sunday following Russian missile strikes that caused widespread blackouts. Ukrainian officials have accused retreating Russian forces of attacking civilian infrastructure in retaliation to the weekend offensive by Ukrainian troops, which drove Russia out of its key stronghold in the Kharkiv region. Local authorities said at least one duty officer was killed in the strikes. Ukraine President Volodymyr Zelensky said the attacks caused a total blackout in the Kharkiv and Donetsk regions and partial blackouts in several other places. Moscow denies its forces deliberately target civilians. Ukraine says its forces have regained more than 1,100 square miles since the start of this month, releasing images of Russian equipment that has now fallen into their hands. Defense Minister Olkeksi Reznikov struck a cautious tone, telling the Financial Times that Ukrainian forces could be encircled by fresh Russian troops if they advance too far.
0: On to Scandinavia, where Sweden may be getting a government overhaul, but the margin is razor-thin. Almost 95% of the votes are counted from Sunday's general election, and the results narrowly points to a change after eight years of Social Democrat rule.
6: Sweden is in the grips of a nail-biter election. Current Prime Minister Magdalena Andersen says it's too close to call. And her main rival says a preliminary result won't be ready until Wednesday. IT INITIALLY APPEARED THE VOTE HAD TIPPED TOWARDS THE RIGHT BLOCK BY THE NARROWEST OF MARGINS. A SCENARIO THAT WOULD LIKELY MAKE MODERATE PARTY LEADER Ulf Christerson PRIME MINISTER. ON THE CAMPAIGN TRAIL, PARTIES BATTLED IT OUT OVER WHO WAS TOUGHEST ON GANG CRIME FOLLOWING A RISE IN SHOOTINGS, SURGING INFLATION AND THE ENERGY CRISIS FOLLOWING THE INVASION OF UKRAINE. ANDERSON TOOK THE HELM AS THE COUNTRY'S PRIME MINISTER A YEAR AGO. For SOCIAL DEMOCRATS HAVING BEEN IN POWER FOR THE LAST EIGHT YEARS. CHRISTRESSEN <laughs> CAST HIMSELF AS THE ONLY CANDIDATE WHO COULD UNITE THE RIGHT AND UNSEAT HER. CHRISTRESSEN HAS SAID HE WOULD LOOK TO POSSIBLY FORM A GOVERNMENT WITH OTHER SMALL PARTIES AND ONLY RELY ON THE SWEDEN DEMOCRATS FOR SUPPORT IN PARLIAMENT. STILL, NEGOTIATIONS TO FORM A GOVERNMENT IN A POLARIZED POLITICAL LANDSCAPE ARE LIKELY TO BE LONG AND DIFFICULT. OVERSEAS AND SOME POSTAL VOTES ARE ALSO STILL YET TO BE COUNTED AND COULD AFFECT THE RESULTS. Still to come,
0: a marching band, yellow t-shirts, and traditional costumes. A Falun Gong parade in Poland celebrates the ancient values of truth, compassion, and tolerance, and the freedom to believe. Stay tuned for more after the short break. A parade in Poland celebrates truthfulness, compassion, and tolerance. Over a thousand practitioners of an ancient spiritual discipline called Falun Gong gathered in Warsaw for the event. They're also drawing attention to persecution in China. today's Jane Worrell was there and sent us this report.
7: A parade celebrating the beauty of an ancient practice, Falun Gong, also known as Falun Dafa. Falun Gong practitioners from across the world have gathered here in Warsaw, which is the capital of Poland. And as you can see behind me, they're practicing these peaceful exercises and there's also a meditation component. Part of the parade also shows the repression that they're facing in China. But on the streets of Warsaw, people are free to practice. A traditional dragon dance lit up the city, followed by lion dancing. I've been feeling like this sort of buzz from being here around uh, so many people, all you know, believing in like good things, you know, truthfulness, compassion, tolerance, and that's what brings us together. Among those in Warsaw is Polina, who says the practice has helped her stay calm. Dressed in traditional Ukrainian dress, she now lives in Poland due to the war in Ukraine.
5: It helps me to feel harmony inside even if it's rockets and bombs can bring healthy harmony uh, truthfulness uh, kindness to all people for all the world so today this is like celebration of this uh, practice one theme
7: here is that of peace
0: It's pretty much about people believing that uh, it's good to be good, because the principles of Falun Gong are truthfulness, compassion, forbearance, and uh, this has a very wide appeal. If you actually want a peaceful family, peaceful society, uh, these teachings are something that could greatly help. Just as in the past there was Socrates who raised some alarms uh, and uh, imparted the wisdom to their people, I mean, uh, with Falun Gong you will find uh, truly deep uh, wisdom.
7: A sense of wisdom that these passers-by appreciate. To help each other and take care of your own space inside you. It's really nice, you know, to look into it, not just take care of material stuff, but also soul and body and all of those things. Yeah, so that that's nice. Like enjoy
5: uh, the moment generally, right? Yeah, to
7: connect with connect with yourself. Yeah, it's yeah. important. I think. It, those days, connect with yourself, it's really important to get to know what you're feeling about, what do you feel, what do you want to feel. Not only focus on bad things, on a lot of things that are around you, just to look into you. Practitioners in China have stayed strong in their faith, despite being persecuted for more than 20 years under the Chinese Communist Party. Some of the members of the marching band have faced suppression in China. When I first heard them yesterday, I had a few tears because, I don't know, just, I don't know why it touches me so much. They're just really moving. Uh, their performance just feels really heartfelt. I can just freely practice. That's a really wonderful feeling. So, and I felt like that is embodied in the marching band. Anyway, i got to go. <laughs> when the sound of the marching band leaves the streets, the appreciation of having the freedom to believe will no doubt stay. Jane NTD News, Walsall.
0: That's all for today's program. We're really glad to have you with us. Please send us an email if you'd like to tell us something. We're going to put it on screen. For podcasters, that's news.today at NTD.com. I'm Kevin Hogan, NTD News, New York City.